Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, October 26th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Noah Osborne. Let's see what's what in the city that never sleeps. First off, the gubernatorial debate was last night at Pace University. WFUV's Megan Oftermat talked to Jeff Colton, the City Hall Bureau Chief at City and State New York. Here's their conversation. Uh, you know, it was all about crime and Trump. Uh, this was about uh, Lee Zeldin, the Republican, hammering the issue of crime. There are criminals out there who need to pay the consequences for their action instead of the catch-release policies that Kathy Hochul champions. It is a joke to talk about a crime policy that doesn't include doing something about illegal guns. Uh, basically asking voters if they feel safe and forcing Hochul to respond to that. And then it was Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul slamming Lee Zeldin on his fanhood and uh, longstanding association and appreciation for President Donald Trump. At one point, she asked him a question. She basically said, do you think Trump is a good president? And uh, Zeldin had to say all the good things he was happy to work with the president on. And Basically, Hochul responded that, uh, yeah, I think you do like the president and the state of New York disagrees with you. Do you think that there were any questions or topics that were left without being clearly answered or fully explained? Nothing is ever fully explained in a debate. It is it is not a great format. You know, I think I think it's important to do these things. But uh, I always like the follow up stories after the debate. The debate around crime is a difficult and nuanced one. And I think it's in Zeldin's interest to simplify that and, uh, you know, make people feel like that's a, a very easy or fixable problem, when uh, in reality it's not. So I would say even despite all the discussion of crime last night, clearly the, the main topic, the one that was talked about the most, I still don't think uh, the, the issue of crime and how to respond to it in New York State was fully answered. How do you think this debate will impact that gap between Hochul and Zeldin? Hochul still has the lead in this race, in this heavily Democratic state. Uh, We've seen some polls suggesting that the race is tightening and getting closer, but Hochul still has the upper hand. And I think that this debate had her maintain that upper hand on Zeldin. I think she presented a calm, cool, collected demeanor, uh, far more in control than Zeldin, who was uh, kind of showing some frenetic energy, really trying to show the, uh, you know, the importance and the, the demand that, that he gets elected. But I, I think that Hochul was not harmed by this debate, and I think that that's what's important for her. Was there anything else that you want to share that was particularly interesting to you from the debate last night? Uh, you know, I was intrigued that Hochul tried to present uh, Lee Zeldin as, as absentee. She brought up a number of times that he had missed debates in Washington, uh, kind of suggesting he'd been spending too much time on the campaign trail for governor rather than uh, doing his job as a member of Congress. Uh, of course, some would say Hochul has actually been doing the opposite, spending maybe a little bit too much time on government and, and not enough time campaigning. And, and this race is uh, maybe closer than she would like because of that. I thought that was an interesting contrast. Jeff, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. 
Three New Yorkers with disabilities just filed a class action lawsuit against the MTA. The lawsuit claims that the gaps between subway cars and platforms are dangerous for visually impaired riders or wheelchair users. They also say any gaps of a certain length violate the city's human rights laws because they prevent people from being able to access public transportation. The MTA has declined to comment on the lawsuit until legal action is taken. New York's often considered the fashion capital of the United States. But a recent survey shows that the state right below them is just as good. The study just ranked New Jersey fourth in the country with the best street style. New York's number one, followed by California and Hawaii. But Jersey beats out Florida, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. The survey is based on the Street Style Index, which bases the vote on TikTok views, Google Trends, and content on the fashion website lookbook.new. Allow us to set the stage here. New Yorkers, if you're feeling theatrical, we've got your back with two new shows. That's right. From October 27th, the Tony Award-winning play Take Me Out will return to Broadway. The show is about a famous interracial baseball player who comes out as gay at the peak of his career. Also, on October 28th, Broadway previews will begin for And Juliet. The musical follows Juliet if she chose not to end her life along with Romeo. Prince's purple reign over the music industry still lives on, with the Musical Instrument Museum set to display the rock icon's memorabilia. And it truly is something else, Noah. The museum will be displaying Prince's purple grand piano, which features the word beautiful written across the side. Also on display will be the musician's Black Power electric bass guitar. But that's not all. The museum will also exhibit the custom green high-heeled shoes he wore back in 1997. The exhibit will be open to the public starting November 11th over at Paisley Park. WFUV's Maddie Bimonte has the latest scoop on the sports world. Maddie, I gotta ask, Kanye West in basketball, yay or nay? Boston Celtics basketball player Jalen Brown and Los Angeles Rams football player Aaron Donald both announced last night that they are leaving Donda Sports, a sports agency set up by Kanye West following the rapper's recent anti-Semitic remarks. Brown previously stated that he would stick with Donda Sports even after the first round of anti-Semitic comments were made by the rapper. He has since changed his mind. This marks yet another person breaking ties with West, including the likes of Adidas, Gap, Foot Locker, and Balenciaga. Maddie, what's going on here at home? It's a great day for New York Giants offensive lineman Nick Gates, who will be added to the team roster this week after a long road of recovery. Gates broke his left fibula and tibia in week two of last season, a gruesome injury that had his leg facing in the wrong direction and put his career in jeopardy. He needed seven surgeries and suffered a setback in the spring that forced the rod in his leg to be removed. At one point, there was a chance Gates could have potentially lost his leg. However, Gates is back and ready to help out the Giants to improve the record to 7-1 this weekend against the Seahawks. And tonight... There's a special matchup going on in Brooklyn, where the Nets will take on the Bucks for a repeat of the 2021 Eastern Semifinal. Last year's contest went seven games, with the Bucks edging out the Nets in overtime, 115 to 111. While the Nets have lost two of their first three games, the Nets hope to turn it around tonight against Milwaukee. From WFUV Sports, I'm Maddie Bamonte. Thanks, Maddie. Spooky season has arrived. New Yorkers are known for going all out at this time of the year, and Blood Manor, a haunted house on Broadway, is no exception. WFUV's Leah Mallory visited the haunted attraction to learn what exactly drives people to pay to be scared. That's the sound of screaming coming from inside Blood Manor 
a thrilling haunted house in Manhattan. The owner, Jim Lorenzo, describes it as... Blood Manor is a labyrinth of scenery, actors, sound, lights, scents, um, haunted house. From creepy clowns to axe-carrying murderers to disturbed doctors, Blood Manor has all the horrors to leave you trembling with fear. Inside, you could expect to see your worst nightmare. Confronting your worst nightmare doesn't sound like much fun. So why would people pay to do it? The rush. You know, why do people pay to drive fast? You know, I'll go on a roller coaster and all those types of things. It's the excitement, it's the unknown, it's the adrenaline rush. And the visitors making their way through the haunted house agree. I don't know. Why would I pay to get scared? It's fun. That was Gabriella Devia, a college student visiting Blood Manor for the spooky season. I talked to her after she walked through the haunted house. It was really good, really scary, a lot of jump scares. Like people would just come out of nowhere from like black rooms. Lorenzo is pleased with the turnout this year. He told me that Blood Manor was open with limited capacity during the pandemic, but this is the first year that it's back in full force. I think people have had cabin fever for the last two years and they just want to get out, scream, and have a great time. With the increased turnout come changes in the facility. Lorenzo says there are new scares, new actors, and the building has been remodeled, all to enhance the terrifying experience. <laughs> He hopes that visitors leave feeling scared and fulfilled. Blood Manor is open until November 5th. Tickets can be found at their website at www.bloodmanor.com. With WFUV News, I'm Leah Mallory. That was WFUV's Leah Mallory reporting on Blood Manor, a haunted house in Manhattan. And that's our show for today. I'm Noah Osborne. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.